0: Hey, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addict Podcast, Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here, as always, joined today by my guy, Sterling Holmes, who I have not talked to, and it feels like weeks. How have you been, man? You just hanging out, golfing, getting engaged, that sort of thing?
1: Just just chilling, baby. Having a good time. Uh, been busy uh, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and, and now here today with you. So everyone get ready. Richie yeah. James Take 3.0 is coming at you. <laughs> Yeah,
0: we're going to talk about a lot of great stuff today. We've got a great show lined up for you. We're going to be talking about the the camp battles, the receivers, some injuries going on around the NFL. we got to talk about kind of some breaking news if you haven't heard about that yet. And then our guy Joe Summers is going to join us. If you were at the live event that we did in Kansas City, Joe was there. Uh, with our crew, providing some Chiefs insights and some betting insights. Got a special announcement with him coming up later. We're going to talk about TJ zada Bet you haven't thought about him in a minute. Talking some smack on the Chiefs. And then we're going to power rank some things. So um, before we get into all of that, I got to let you know that we have a new offer. From FanDuel, Sterling. If you want to take full advantage of it, it's it's for new customers. It's a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. All you got to do is click our link in the description to sign up. If you sign up for FanDuel with our link, not only will you have your first bet insured, but you're going to be supporting this podcast. So if you're interested in trying FanDuel, click the link below and sign up with us. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 and over. And physically present in a legal gambling state, please remember to use uh, to always gamble responsibly and check out the description for the full terms. And if you don't already have an account with FanDuel, you just head to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets and you can find more betting offers and ways to support the podcast. So I want to just really quickly, Sterling, just a few minutes ago, I'm sure you saw this. You were probably on the air, I think, when this happened Joe Burrow pulls up in, uh, uh, over there in Cincinnati at Cincinnati camp. Looks like he had his calf wrapped up already and pulled up. Looked pretty painful. Didn't put that calf back down on the ground. Hopped about seven or eight times, sat down, grabbed it. Coach Zach Taylor says it's a strain. Sounds like that could maybe keep him out for a majority of camp, depending on how serious it, it is. Scary time of year if you're a football fan.
1: I feel bad. No one should ever root for an injury. I, I haven't seen any Chiefs fans doing that. But just in general, I hate seeing injuries happen, even if it is to your quote-unquote rival. Yeah. It's more fun when everyone's healthy, and then you kick their ass when they're healthy. Then they have no excuses, unless you're the Eagles, and you try and blame the field. It looked bad. Man, it was a no contact injury. Uh, it was weird he already had that wrap around his calf. I will say, this is me speculating. I mean, we we we're, we're seeing as it comes out what is going on, did it not look a little reminiscent of Kevin Durant and that was an Achilles injury? I have no idea what's going on. I am not a doctor. Surprisingly me, yes, me, I am not a doctor. Thank it God. didn't look, it didn't look good though, man. It did not look good. I hope for a speedy recovery. But I guess the positive is it is training camp. So if it's not super serious, if it's not a season long injury, now is the time for it to happen.
0: Yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, look, it's um, you're always afraid of Achilles, ACLs, those things, this type of year. Uh, if it's a calf strain, you know, from what I've read, those can linger a little bit. And potentially bother you. The the other thing I always worry about when guys get hurt, and we saw this, remember when Mahomes, remember when he dislocated his knee uh, against the Broncos and he came back, but then like his ankle, he was kind of like just messed up for the rest of the year. Uh, They still won the Super Bowl, of course, but he was not right. And once you get hurt, you start compensating in other areas if, if, if that's a little tender. So that's where you worry that, like, could a calf injury linger for Joe Burrow then turn into an Achilles or cause an injury on the other side? I mean, you just don't want to get hurt at all. Everybody's banged up during the NFL season, but definitely something that the Bengals should probably, I mean, I, I, I saw it and I was just thinking about calling up Andy Reid and being like, does, does Mahomes really need to run at practice? Like, does he need to practice at all? You know, I just <laughs> stand there and throw the ball they should set up road cones around him forget their yellow jersey i mean i want him in a bubble until the the detroit lions come to
1: town yeah i am i am a hundred percent with you there but again joe burrow wasn't getting hit that was him jogging to the side
0: yeah yeah that and that was i was watching the play and i he was going kind of hard trying to escape the pocket it Didn't look like a necessary movement, but look, these guys are trying to get ready for 300 pound linemen coming after him, you know, so I get it. They're trying to simulate things, but you just hope that especially early in the training camp process, that's when a lot of these things seem to happen. These guys aren't stretched out yet. They're adjusting to the heat. It's really hot this week and all of those things, dehydration, not being fully stretched out, just knock on wood for, for everybody out there, but especially the chiefs that they can stay healthy and and hopefully Joe Burrow gets back and uh, he's he's a lot of fun to watch he's a great quarterback and I hope if the Chiefs uh, well the Chiefs will play the Bengals in the regular season uh Chiefs get another win over those guys um all right so the other thing I wanted to ask you is like, what's your favorite part of training camp you know this is a kind of interesting time of year some people don't like it some people always complain about the preseason there's fewer games now but I've always really liked this time of year myself because I get jacked up to see like who's going to be the guy or guys that kind of emerge. You get some rookies in there. You start hearing about them. So for me, it's kind of like Christmas uh, We you get to open one present early and, and get a look at things. Um, so I really enjoy this time of year. But what do you, what do you look forward to as a, as a football fan at training camp?
1: Tomorrow. Pads come on, baby. Friday. Yeah pads come on now is when you get a real good understanding the shirt and shorts competition is over everyone looks good in shirt and shorts yeah okay they all will be looking good once pads come on, that's what really I think starts to see some separation from these guys. So tomorrow is what I'm really looking forward to. The wide receivers, who steps up, cornerbacks, who steps up. Uh, the guy I'm looking forward to a lot is Wanya Morris. I would love to see how much he is used at left tackle. I still wonder if he is the future left tackle, if he was drafted to be that a five-star recruit at a high school, all-freshman SEC as a left tackle at Tennessee, then went to Oklahoma, used there mostly as a right tackle because of Anton Harrison. But I do wonder if Donovan Smith is just a, uh, if it's a roller coaster again, right? This is a, you have to be this high to ride. If you're better yeah. than Donovan Smith, you might be playing over Donovan Smith, but at least you know what you have in Donovan Smith. I, I'm really looking forward to Wanye Morris and the wide recie- uh, wide receivers in particular.
0: Yeah, I know Wanye Morris was a little banged up. Hopefully he's okay uh, as well as we get into the of camp because this is a great time. I mean, he's he's auditioning to be the starting left tackle. That's, that's what this year is about for him, and hopefully he can make that leap, get a little more. When we talked to him on the show, he said one thing he wanted to work on was just being a little bit more consistent. We've got great coaches in Kansas City, so he's going to have an opportunity to do that. Before we get into more cheese talk, I wanted to ask you about our old pal, or our new pal, I guess, Sean Payton. Over there in Denver, comes in and just is going scorched earth on former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett, basically saying he was on like a podcast. He was like, ah, so it was a disaster here. You know, it was a complete, like, it was, a, it was embarrassing and like pretty much called Hackett out by name and, and blamed other people. It was everybody's fault, but Russ's, <laughs> not Russ's fault. He said, Russ still has it. What do you think of like, I just seem so low class to me to be coming into a new job and trashing the last guy? Like, what are you doing?
1: I think it's beyond crazy, and I love it. I love when head coaches speak their mind. I love this implosion that's going on in Denver. It's hilarious. I love that people act like Sean Payton's Bill Belichick, but in reality, he's closer to Mike McCarthy. Congratulations on that one Super Bowl with 15 years of Drew Brees. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I think Sean Payton's a very good head coach, but the fact that people act like he is this unreal upper echelon, he can do no wrong, to me, is just completely crazy. Uh, I love some of the comments he made. Uh, Again, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Quote from him. Uh, Again, another quote, everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. Uh, I also love this one. This one, to me, is the ultimate head scratcher. Because there's just zero self-awareness here. He goes on to say, part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much bleeping time trying to win the offseason. The PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all that stuff. What do you think is happening this offseason? It's with you. You are the people. And the reason why this is going on in the offseason with the Broncos, again, they traded draft picks to acquire you. This is pomp and circumstance as you're calling out the previous regime. You're calling out the Jets. You're already calling out the Jets again. This is ridiculous. It's wild. I freaking love it.
0: Yeah, calling out the Jets and then the Jets are firing back Like. I try to be consistent on this podcast. I didn't like when Kadarius Tony was running his mouth. I didn't like when Juju Smith Schuster was running his mouth. And I don't like when players on the other teams or coaches do that kind of stuff too. Like, I just think it's a little friendly trash talk. Whatever, fine. But like stuff like this is bush league. And you are Sean Payton. Like you've won a Super Bowl. I I tweeted this out a little bit ago. Can you imagine in a million years? Andy Reid saying something like that about another coach in the NFL in
1: a million years or, or, or taking over for Romeo Cronell or something like what if he would have right. called out Romeo Cronell
0: yeah yeah won two games the year before Andy got here uh, you know it, I, I didn't go back and look but I bet if you went back and looked at Andy Reid's initial comments I bet he's extremely complimentary of the team that they have about the job that's been done, he probably mentions Romeo. Cornell. I would I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was like oh, Romeo did a nice job with some of these guys, you know, coming in. Like it's just he would never do it. I don't know why. I just think it's great though because it's the Broncos, and so if he's full of that much hubris coming in when he's only ever had Drew Brees, you know, and then and then didn't make the playoffs when he didn't have him. He's got nine and eight playoff record. Like, why don't you just pump the brakes there, big fella, and and worry about what you need to do, and start stop worrying about what happened last year in Denver.
1: I, I will also say, if Russell Wilson is the same guy he was last year, this is going to look like the worst possible situation for for Sean Payton. You just said it's everyone else. It's not Russell Wilson. Oh, it's not his fault at all. Everyone else is to blame, not him. Well, if Russell Wilson struggles this year, now who are you going to blame? You told us Russell Wilson's still elite. Now whose fault is it? It will be his, <laughs> Sean Payton. Keep digging, my guy.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, I thought it was funny that he said that, that he's like, oh, he's not he's not washed. And, like, look, he had moments last year where he looked like his, his old self. Like, he wasn't a total disaster, but he was bad. 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He threw for 3,500 yards. But, like, let's not act like his last year in Seattle – with Pete Carroll, who's at least as good of a coach as Sean Payton, if not better, what was Russell Wilson's season? He he played 14 games. He threw for 3,100 yards. He had 25 touchdowns, six interceptions that last year. I mean, it wasn't like he lit the world on fire his last year in Seattle. There's a reason they moved on from him and picked Geno Smith. <laughs> So, like, Pete Carroll, he, he knows Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's totally washed. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he plays much better this year than he did last year. But to act like he wasn't part of the problem last year, another thing he sort of alluded to was about how, like, Russell Wilson's entourage... Remember, like, he had an office... And his entourage was given free reign around the facility. Like, and he's like, he's blaming that on the last regime. Russell Wilson's 34 damn years old. Like, I I remember because I'm, I'm from Ohio. Like, when LeBron came to Cleveland, that's how his first stint with the Cavs was. Like, they just let him do whatever he wanted. The entourage was hanging out. And it's like, he's 34. He's been to two Super Bowls. Like, he's supposed to be a leader. It's on him just as much as it's on Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Last year. Russell Wilson looked like when you you went, you were in college and you had your boy and he, he had too many bush lights or Casey beers. And next thing you know, he goes, I'm gonna put a pizza in the oven. All right. Well then he passes out six hours later. You hear the smoke alarm going off. You're like, what the hell is that? You go, you open the freaking oven. And what do you see? A black pit of, of a charred pizza. That was Russell Wilson last year.
0: Yeah. He, he has not been, you know, since like 2020. So, Enough talking about the Broncos, but it does make me excited to see them talking and acting this way right now. Because I know the Raiders are going to be trash this year, and I'm only really worried about the Chargers. And I was a little worried about Denver. But when you're talking like this, like, that's just losers mentality stuff, man. I'm telling you right now, like, you're worried you're fighting with both the Jets and the Broncos, by the way, could end up being third in their division. Like, do do you think it's crazy to think that the bills and the dolphins could have a better record than the jets this year. And that the chiefs and the chargers like, like both, both those teams should just shut up. <laughs> like neither of them won anything and in, in a long time and just focus on winning. All right, let's, let's get to some chiefs talk here and we pull up the old outline. All right, let's talk about this wide receiver position. Obviously, a lot of question marks around this group. I think a lot of confidence, and I, this confidence is well earned in the front office and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in the offense. But Kadarius Tony, biggest question mark with him: can he stay healthy? First practice has to have surgery, clean up his knee. Now I've had surgery on both my knees. I used to be I ran long distance and um, in, in, in cross country and stuff in high school. My, my knees are all jacked up, cartilage all over the place. I've had I've had them both scoped, to clean them up. And that's like a painful... That's not like a like... That hurts. It still swells up. It's minimally invasive. And then you have to recover and you got to go through physical therapy. So like there's... They said there's like a chance that Kadarius Tony could be back for the start of the season. But there's a difference between like me getting my knee scoped and then like a month and a half later going on a jog and Kadarius Tony doing what Kadarius Tony can do on. He's like a, he's like a f- fine sports car, or a, a racing motorcycle. He's probably not going to be back in action and probably shouldn't be back in action too soon. So that leaves g- kind of a bunch of guys who are unproven. You got MVS. But then you got like Richie James, not like super proven guy. Sky Moore hasn't done anything. Rasheed Rice is a rookie. John Ross is so, so intimidated by Andy Reid's camp. I think he retired. Um, so, you know. <laughs> does it, it was 102
1: degrees. in 102 Ross two degrees. I mean, I don't,
0: this, I'm I, don't, out. I don't blame him. Does this lack of a prove, of proven success at the wide receiver position for the Chiefs concern you?
1: No. No. I, I, again, I'm, I'm probably the minority here. I'm, I guarantee I'm going to have someone yelling at me, but no. The Chiefs have spent back-to-back second-rounders at the wide receiver position. They're trying to get cost-controlled. Um, you can have Mahomes elevate wide receivers. Mahomes can't elevate cornerbacks, linebackers, defensive players. Uh, the best way to give Mahomes help, in my opinion, is not wide receivers. It's defense. What did the Patriots do for so long? They won a Super Bowl scoring 13 points. There's different ways to give Mahomes help. To me, helping Mahomes is not having him have to score 35 points a game to win. I think that's what the Chiefs are trying to do. So they're trying to get cost controlled at wide receiver. With with that being said, you're going to be unproven, okay? They tried to get DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, and Juju, but for their price. They were not going to overspend. So they said, we're out. I think this is an unproven group, yes, but am I uh, freaked out? No, no, I'm not.
0: Well, it helps when you have Patrick Mahomes and, and that guy, Travis Kelsey over there. Um, God forbid something should happen to him. Uh, then I would really be in a panic. But let's get, let's start with Tony out of this group. At this point, can he be like, do you do you count on him for anything given his like eight injuries that he's had since he's been in the NFL? Despite all the talent, do you count on him for anything this year?
1: No, everything you get is is extra. Uh, If you are a Royals fan, you're going to hate this name, Algeberto Mondesi. It'd be someone like Algeberto Mondesi, where when he's on the field, he's electric. Okay, He can do it all, but he's going to have injuries. There's no reason to expect him to all of a sudden be able to play 17 games and be completely healthy. Uh, Sammy Watkins 2.0, but even Sammy Watkins earlier on in his career was able to stay at least somewhat healthy. If you get eight, nine games at of Kadarius Tony, I think you're thrilled. I think that's probably what you're looking at.
0: Yeah, and, and look, he obviously, I think the trade was already worth it. The Chiefs gave up a third and a sixth, I think, to get him from New York. He contributed to them winning the Super Bowl in a, in a big way. So f- as far as I'm concerned, that's well worth a third-round pick. I'd trade another one for for that this year. And I think he's a guy that, just given the injury history, look, man, get him healthy, and and hopefully you've got him for your playoff run. Uh, he's not going to be out for that long. It's just a knee cleanup. But again, there's no reason to rush him back, work him into the offense. You drafted two young guys, as you pointed out, and and Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, who is getting a lot of hype out of camp. So far in shorts and t-shirts, Rasheed Rice, now we know he went down and worked out with Patrick Mahomes before the draft. Mahomes really liked him, seems to trust him. What do you think about the Rasheed Rice hype coming out of camp? Because, look, this happens every year. I remember the year that they drafted Noah Gray. I was hearing about Noah Gray. Oh, Noah Gray. He looks great out there. He's catching all these balls. And then, like, it's been years. And, like, of course, you know, it's all gone to to Kelsey. But it's not like he's the Chiefs have rolled out their Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, New England set because Noah Gray is so good at catching the football. So, And we also know that rookie wide receivers under Andy Reid, since he's come to Kansas City, I think Tyreek Hill had, like... 500, 600 yards. And after that, it's not very impressive what they do. A couple hundred yards from most of these guys. Do you buy the hype, the Rishi Rice hype? Is he going to buck the trend?
1: I believe the hype. I don't think we see a lot this year, though. Just based, again, as you mentioned, what the Chiefs and Andy Reid typically use their rookie wide receivers for. You're probably looking very similar to what Sky Moore put up last year, 250 yards, maybe 300. I do think there is maybe more opportunity for him this year, especially with Kadarius Tony. I don't expect Tony to play all 17 games. That might add some added opportunity for Rasheed Rice. But he is firmly going to be wide receiver four in my book, and that's with Tony out. So, that being said, I don't know how much he sees the field. I'm excited for him because I think he's the future, right? I think him and Sky Moore, those two, that's your future. That's that's what the Chiefs are planning on. But just because you have him for the future doesn't mean you have to use him now. If he does not go off and pop off for 600, 700 yards, don't say he's a bust. I hate when people say Sky Moore is a bust. That's not how the Chiefs used him last year. Look at PFF. Sky Moore, just for example, greeted out higher than George Pickens. He didn't have the opportunity of George Pickens. Give these guys time. I just don't like this. If they're not immediately making a huge impact, they're labeled a bust or a bum. That's not the case. The Chiefs are in Super Bowl mode. They are in win now mode. If MVS is better this year, even only slightly better than Rasheed Rice, he's going to see the field. If Justin Watson is only slightly better, if they trust him more than Rasheed, uh, Rasheed Rice, then he will see the field. OK, they're not trying to build right now. They're trying to win right now.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting when you think about it. And and Matt Nagy was talking to the press in the last couple of days, and he was talking about uh, Justin Ross in particular and about how, He kind of had a red shirt year last year and was able to adapt a little bit and kind of get used to things and how difficult it is. Things just move so fast. Rasheed Rice, he played at SMU. Yeah, it's 1A, but like they're not, you know, you're not going out there and it's not exactly like you're playing Ohio State, and Michigan and Alabama every week. So like it's probably going to be a big shock to him. The level of competition he's going to be facing at the cornerback position every time he steps on the field this year, everything moving very quickly. The, the the calls the the speed of the game it's the nfl and and since he's not gonna be out there every play especially early on he gets out there for a couple of plays and it's like oh shit like what do i do you know what i mean it's it, it's gonna take time just like it took time for sky more and maybe his snaps increase as the season goes on but even if he's talented you're, you're right like it could be a little bit of a liability where look man like Mahomes throws the ball to you, and if you're not where you're supposed to be exactly on time, that could lead to a pick. It, even if you just t- drop it, it could kill a drive, and that could cost the Chiefs a game. This is razor's edge, these games in the NFL. So I kind of tend to agree with you, but I hope we're wrong. Like I hope that he he's just one of these guys. I mean, we saw rookies last year, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Now, they were taken in the first round, and for good reason, and played at a big program, but they showed out. I think... That well, would they're mean, wide
1: receiver one though, too, on their team. Right. Like they, they were expected to do that. No one's expecting, or at least you shouldn't be expecting Rasheed Rice to be wide receiver one and getting, I don't know, eighty-five percent of the snap count. Like you yeah. know, I don't think anyone has those expectations.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think the, the pressure's on Sky Moore. I think if you have if Sky Moore takes the leap that the Chiefs expect him to take. And you've got a really good, solid, dependable wide receiver, veteran wide receiver in MVS. It's easy to overlook him and forget about that, but he can easily go out there and turn in 7, 800 yards receiving for this team. And if Sky Moore is able to do the same, if he's able to make that leap to be a 7, 800, maybe he's a 1,000-yard receiver if he's out there and he's starting with Tony on the shelf. That would be fantastic news for the Chiefs and would allow Rasheed Rice time to develop do you think Sky Moore is going to make that leap? Are you confident that he's ready Very for prime time?
1: very confident. I I am very high on Sky Moore. I think he leads this team in receptions. I think he's looking around 800 yards probably. Let's just say, just hypothetically, 75 uh, receptions at 11 yards a clip. 11 yards was what he was at last year. You're looking at about 825 yards. I think that's right in line. Again, I'm not trying to say he's this 1,200-yard wide receiver. I think 825 is right in line. That's a realistic expectation. I think he is going to, as I've been saying since Juju left, he will be a huge factor in the juju roll that intermediate route he will thrive in he has huge hands he's a good route runner but his issue was at times he didn't know where to be last year yeah that that was he he admitted it but yeah. we knew it was going to be a little bit of a learning curve for him. This sounds like he has learned and mastered the playbook, if you will. I'm expecting really big things from Skymore. And by the way, he was bad as a punt returner last year. Don't let that influence your decision of what he was as a wide receiver. I think people have the the little overlap there, saying, "Hey, yeah, well, he couldn't catch a couldn't catch a punt. He was he was brutal there. Yeah, but he was solid as a wide receiver. Let him focus on that.
0: Yeah, or just you know put put Watson back there and have him catch the ball and just hand it to Sky Moore. If, mm-hmm. that's, if that's what we need to do. Um, I'm excited for Sky Moore this year. I really am. And I think it's important for us all to remember. If you look at the way the chiefs receiving yards broke down last year, it, the, the offense is probably going to be very similar this year. Gone. Gone for now, are the days of the Chiefs having 2,000-yard wide receivers. In fact, our good pal Matt Verderham over at Sports Illustrated wrote about this today. I was reading his article about how many teams who had won Super Bowls who actually had two more than one 1,000-yard receiver and has been too many over the past few years. The Chiefs spread it out. So you might have a big MVS week. You might have a big Sky Moore week. a Rishi Rice might, might have a moment in the sun. Tony comes back. Big Kelsey weeks. They throw the ball to Jarek McKinnon. Maybe they start throwing to Isaiah Pacheco a little bit more this year. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still on the team. He's been used a little bit in the passing game. So it's it, there's a lot of guys here, but when you take a step back and you look at it, um, i got to ask you about Richie James. So Richie James, smaller guy. You've been high on him from the moment he signed. We've already gone round and round with about this once or twice where I said like, yeah, he had a good season in, in New York, but like it was like a mash unit for wide receivers out there last year. Everybody was hurt. He's a smaller guy. He does. I've uh, been watching some tape on him. He's got really nice short space quickness. I think oh, he'll yeah. be able to, to get open quickly on some timing routes and things like that. His size concerns me a little bit. He was used. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Niners and was, was, was a kind of a deep threat for them. They let him walk. But here's the question I want to ask you. He goes to New York. He has his best season, catches, uh, I forget how many balls, but has about 500 yards. He's basically, like, if you look at him, and particularly his season in New York, he's basically Cole Beasley. The Giants let him walk and sign Cole Beasley, who's, like, 47 years old. If Richie James is so good, Sterling, I want you to defend this, why didn't the Giants just bring him back instead of signing... Cole Beasley, who's getting his AARP card.
1: Because the Giants are a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> what? Like, if there's ever an organization like, you know what? Yeah, I, I trust the Giants. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they gave Daniel Jones 40-plus million a year. They're buffoons.
0: But, but you don't think Brian Dayball good good with offense and identifying offense? Sure.
1: I, I like Brian Dayball. He, he's a good head coach. Good head coach. He ain't making all the decisions. He ain't the GM. He ain't the owner. Yeah. No. Yeah. Let, me, let me tell you this. Richie James is going over 700 yards this season. He had five, He had 569 last year for the Giants. He graded out on PFF as the 38th wide receiver last year, ahead of guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, I think Hollywood Brown was on that list as well. He caught over 80% of balls thrown his way last year. Over eighty percent of balls thrown his way, he came down with. When targeted, passer rating of one twenty two. That's elite, especially when that quarterback is Daniel freaking Jones.
0: <laughs> hey, he had an okay season last year. For him, okay for him. Um, yeah, I'm. Look, I'm with you. I've been watching the tape. I'm, I'm concerned about his lack of pedigree. I'm concerned about those things. But we've seen other guys like. I mean, I don't think he's going to become Wes Welker, but like if he had a chance to become like a Welker, like route running, small space chain mover, it's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like if he has that skill set, if he's consistently able to win in short space and, and, you know, you're always going to have, and also let's remember that they don't really have a good tight end in New York. So if he's in the slot, Where's all the attention going? It's going to Travis Kelsey. He's going to be able to clear out space underneath. Juju benefited from that last year. Richie James could benefit from it this year. And if he's got a little run after the catch, wiggle. I'm I I'm hesitant to say it. I agree with you, but I, I could see a situation where your your prediction for his yardage total is correct.
1: I, I will say Yak ability is not what he does. That he he is a intermediate route guy he's gonna come down with the ball he's gonna catch he's gonna get open but yards after catch is not his strong suit uh I'm a I'm a transparent open guy right I'm not gonna say he's going over a thousand I said 700 see I'm a realist over here Patrick okay <laughs> Aren't you James I'm a realist. Realist. and by the way I keep getting asked am I in an NBA jersey room no i'm at the radio station and basically what is a closet um there's a little charles barkley bill russell uh nice little antonio mcdice jersey up there with kevin oh, garnett uh, yeah. yeah
0: looking good looking good all right so then i gotta ask you looking at the at the kind of depth chart there you got tony mvs more rice you got richie james you got ross you got watson is that like? Does did, did all these guys make the team? I mean, Tony, MVS, Moore, Rice, James, Justin Ross. That's six, and Justin Watson. Who's the odd man out if the Chiefs keep six? Or do you think that they keep seven because of
1: the well, Tony injury? yeah well, I think the Tony injury is what's gonna come into play here if he's not ready week one or two, then I think those six make the team Tony is the guy on the outside looking in just until he gets healthy and then maybe it's a Justin Ross, maybe it's a justin watson i I don't know how popular Justin Watson is gonna be um I don't know all the contract if the if he can go to the practice squad w- what the deal is with Justin Watson it's a two year deal um Personally, I think Justin Watson's very – his skill set is very replicated of MVS. If you looked last year, their their snap counts were eerily correlated. When MVS had his snap count go down, Justin Watson's went up. When Justin Watson's went up, or vice versa, if you will. Deep threat. Deep 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 threat. threat. Yeah. But he's a special teamer, right? He he he's solid on special teams. So Dave Tobe will have a little of a say when it comes to Justin Watson. If someone else can take over punts, if someone else can take over on special teams, I think Justin Watson's um spot might be the one to go. I'll also point out, I know it's a two-year deal. They can get out of that. That is that is pennies, man. For for what the NFL and the salary cap and everything put in there, I know it's a two-year deal. The Chiefs, if they want to get out of that, they can get out of that. It's not a hindrance to them.
0: He was really one of these guys where obviously helped out with special teams, as you mentioned, particularly when they were in trouble catching the ball. he It's funny. He ha, he only caught 15 passes last year, uh, but that was for 315 yards and two tutties. He averaged yep. 21. So like when they threw him the ball, he caught it and it was for a, a big gain. So if Tony's banged up and they want him to start on the PUP list or something like that, like, you could see Watson being on there and, and being somebody they want to keep around for special teams. And because he's just dependable in that way, helps them make some big plays. All right. I, I think I know your answer here, but since Tony could miss time and there's a lot of youngsters and a lot of like, obviously the Justin Ross insanely popular, but hasn't done anything since like 2018 in a real football game um, had a, had a really good season. He played later, but do you think the Chiefs should go and try to bring in like one more veteran-wide receiver of that like MVS ilk? Would that make you feel better, or do you think they're good with what they got, even with the injuries and the unknowns?
1: I, I think they're fine with what they got. I, I think whoever you bring in, they're not going out and bringing in a big-name guy. Uh, I think they are fine with what they have. Uh, again, if they cut Justin Watson, Justin Watson might be playing on another team. Uh, if they cut Justin Ross, if they try and put him the practice squad, I think he probably gets picked up Another team takes a chance on him, uh, you know. Amir Smith Marset, I think, is is a potential um, back end wide receiver. I think the wide receiver room is pretty full, unless you're really going out and getting a legitimate top of the line wide receiver, which the Chiefs clearly they don't want to pay for. So where they sit right now, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, listen, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We appreciate all our listeners. If you are watching live on YouTube, do us a favor. Hit that thumbs up button. Let's get a lot of Chiefs fans in here. Talk ball with us. It's getting to be exciting, man. Hall of Fame games right around the corner. Um, if you're interested in uh, becoming a member of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, we have a membership. Uh, we have a private Discord. Uh, our members get special access to emojis, loyalty badges uh, that they can use during live YouTube streams like this. With the, like I said, the private Discord, they hang out with us, the AA hosts. We talk Chiefs football, movies, beer. And members get invites to private events with the hosts, like uh, virtual happy hours. We have a virtual happy hour coming up here uh, in a few days. And um, just check out the link in the description below. We'd love to get to know you. We're going we're to be starting up the Fantasy Football Leagues again. That's always a lot of fun. So... Um, it's a great way to support the chief's content that we do here. We're part of a big company, but we invest all of that money right back into the podcast. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to grow this thing for guys like Sterling. Um, so, uh, show us your support if you can, we'd appreciate it. Okay. Uh, we got a guest, man. So hasn't been on the show. I don't think since the live show at Tanner's last year, but let's bring on our guy, Joe Summers. From from bedside, what's up, man? What, oh, whose jersey are you rocking?
2: Uh, I've got a I've got a honey badger from the AFC oh. Championship game a couple years ago. Felt like a like a good time to invest in the Chiefs to make it back to the AFC Championship game and Super Bowl, so it felt appropriate. I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Yeah, of course, man. Of course, uh, we had a great time with you in Kansas City and uh, one of the biggest Chiefs fans in the company. It's just always good to have more Chiefs fans in the company it makes me uh it makes me happy it makes me happy when people complain about all the back when we used to have the office just uh, constant complaints about having to hear us talk about the chiefs nonstop.
2: (laughs) well luckily there's a a lot of good things to say about the chiefs right now yeah it's a beautiful time to be a chiefs fan
0: it certainly is it certainly is so so joe you are you're you're part of the crew now you're going to be doing a show on fridays um with, with, with Kind of focusing on your expertise, can you tell the 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 listeners a little bit about what the plan is there?
2: So starting tomorrow and every Red Friday throughout the season at noon central, I'll be hosting an Arrowhead Addict betting show specializing on how to bet on the Chiefs games every week. We'll look at individual matchups, player props, whether the chiefs win, cover the spread, look at every angle and also look a little bit around the league. Hope to have both of you on at some point during the season, but we're kicking things off tomorrow uh, a little early for the preseason, but there's so many good futures bets out there. We couldn't wait anymore.
0: Yeah, there really are. And you had like, you got me on to, I was reading one of your articles, you write over at KCKingdom.com as well, which kind of takes a, a betting slant. So make sure you check out CaseyKingdom.com kingdom.com for even more great chiefs content. Um, you got me onto this this uh, over under on Isaiah Pacheco rushing yards, and I think you were you were pushing Fanduel, and I think it was at eight hundred.
2: Yeah, so Fanduel had him at eight hundred, and you actually uh, pointed out DraftKings' line to me the the importance of looking at different books. They've got him at seven hundred and seventy five and a half rushing yards, and I think that's a slam dunk over bet. Yeah. He had. Eight hundred and thirty last year, and was only the lead running back for what half the year, right? Uh, Right. The the spry ways coming into camp, that like youthful Danny Rojas from Ted uh, Ted Lasso energy, better offensive line. I'm really excited about Pacheco this season, and his over seven hundred and seventy five rushing yards is one of my favorite futures for the year.
0: Yeah, he looks at what is it the kids say yoked? He looks like a linebacker. (laughs) He does. He's huge yeah he he is he is ready. Um, he's ready to go out there and uh, force the chiefs to to, to be become the, the first team in a long time to give a running back a big deal. I, I agree when when you when you tweeted that out, I was like that's crazy, and I went straight because I bet on usually on DraftKings, so I went and checked it out and saw that. It was absolutely wild. By the way, I when the Joe Burrow injury happened, I was like, let me just go and check those futures for the AFC North. I didn't know anything about the strain or anything. Boy, they're quick, man. DraftKings yanked that down so fast. Mm-hmm. Just the whole thing was gone. It wasn't just the Bengals. They were just erased from the app.
2: And the, the injury, obviously, hope a speedy recovery. It kind of, if we want to take advantage of it, gives us an opportunity to back Mahomes to win MVP or the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl or AFC. Mahomes is tied right now at plus 700 at most books with Burrow and Josh Allen to win MVP. If... Joe Burrow misses any time, those odds are just gonna get shorter. So buying into Mahomes MVP if you believe he's gonna have another stellar year, now's the perfect time to do it because his odds aren't gonna get longer. If Burrow misses time, they'll only go down.
0: With those kinds of bets, as a as an amateur better myself, like is there any um, is there any advantage to like because those are all plus odds for for a lot of those guys, is there an, an advantage or a strategy to like going through and be like, all right, like I'm gonna put some money on Mahomes. And like like a a few of the top guys or a few of the top Super Bowl contenders, is there a strategy people use for that where they bet multiple teams, but they just need one of them to hit and they should win their money back?
2: Absolutely. Especially right now, everyone has such big odds that if you... Take three or four guys or teams that you think could, could have a big year. Uh, just last year, for example, Jalen Hurts, before the season, he was around 40 to 50 to one to an MVP. I bet him and Mahomes, and Mahomes is much shorter, obviously, but then that changes over the course of the year. And there's nothing stopping you from, say, week eight, you – Josh Allen's having a big year, then you can bet on Josh Allen too. So, as long as you have these huge odds, if you, you know, as long as you bet responsibly and don't go crazy, then you could spread your dollar around and come out on top at the end.
0: And with the MVP race too, like last year, like it was pretty clear, like as you started getting the latter half of the year, like, all right, Mahomes is probably going to win this thing unless anything crazy happens. So, if you did have that bet on Hertz and you wanted to throw a little more on Mahomes, even though by then the odds would have changed, you could maybe even make up a little bit more.
2: Well, and especially if you take a position early, if it becomes a little clearer. So like last year, if Hurts wins, I'm up 40 to one. If Mahomes wins, I'm up six to one. Nothing stopping me from adding some more on Mahomes because the only person he was probably going to lose to was Hurts. So then you can kind of guarantee yourself a better profit that way.
0: Yeah, very smart. Very smart. All right. Uh, what are your favorite Chiefs futures right now uh, as, we're, as we're in the training camp?
2: So other than Pacheco, uh, FanDuel right now has a receiving yards line on Travis Kelsey that I think is bananas. They have him at 1,050 receiving yards. If Travis Kelsey doesn't get hurt, I can't imagine a world in which he doesn't clear this. He's hit it six of the last seven seasons, put up over 1,300 last year as the focal point Mm -hmm. of the offense. Especially, like you said, with Tony down and not a lot of proven depth at the receiver position, he'll keep leaning on Kelsey. So Kelsey's receiving yards prop is basically, do you think he'll stay healthy? If you do, you should bet that over at FanDuel. And the other one that I love a lot, you you brought up Sky Moore. Caesars is the only sportsbook offering Sky Moore props right now. They've got him at just 575 and a half receiving yards. And you said somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 to 800. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if he's going to get that thousand to make you get the soul patch, but I'm pretty confident that he's going to clear the, the 575. Um, and then on that on that note, the – Kind of a different way to back Isaiah Pacheco as well is his touchdowns prop. I'm all in on Pacheco. He had five rushing touchdowns, again, only being running back for about half the season, added another one in the Super Bowl. Caesars has him at just five and a half touchdowns. So if he is going to be our our RB1 start the season, I think he's going to clear that with ease. Another way, the, the last one that I'm all over FanDuel offers all these special ways to to back the Chiefs with different you know, player props, season long props. They have it at plus 170 that the Chiefs just make the AFC championship game. Don't have to win it, just have to make the game. And at plus 170, I'm going to be all over that as well. Um, taking our win total at, I got 12 and a half at plus 130 looking at my homes for MVP. And then, yeah, Kelsey, Sky Moore, and Pacheco are my are my targets at this point. But tomorrow on the show, I am going to go through a little bit more in detail my futures portfolio uh, because there's a lot of options out there and it's really exciting stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to check out the show and also to hear like on a weekly basis what I should be maybe laying a little bit of a wager on if you're so inclined, uh, because sometimes these things pop up that there's just like, you'll look at, you'll look at them on a weekly basis and it's, Oh, that's interesting. And it certainly enriches the, the, the game watching experience for me, much in the way that fantasy does, particularly when I watch other games, I watch a Monday night football, I'm sitting there. And eh, when I throw some money on one of these teams, you know, a few bucks just to have some fun, make it a little bit of it, uh, interesting to get some action. So I'm really excited for the show. Uh, and you guys can listen to Joe every red Friday, the whole season uh i'm sure you know we'll, we'll appear on the show sometimes and uh it's going to be a it's going to be a wild ride it's going to be exciting so i wanted to ask you guys some more football stuff and i got to talk about chris jones reports came out that he and the chiefs are far away from a deal i think we've all been pretty confident that a deal would get done no problem but sterling like what what do you think man like is this? are you worried about this
1: quinn williams is Kind of screwing Chris Jones and the Chiefs right now. That, that massive difference. Because originally when he signed for the $24 million, everyone was thinking, oh, great. If he just wants to be the second highest paid in tier defense alignment, give him 25 Well, he wants to be closer to Aaron Donald than to Quinn Williams. That $7 plus million leaves a very large gap. I always like to think of it this way. I know it's very easy for us to say, well, that's so much money. Who cares? Take $5 million less. You're still making so much money. Have you ever seen a $5 million house?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what he's leaving on the table. And then every single season, I get it. Taxes, all that. I'm just trying to make a point here. That's a lot of money you're leaving on the table. Yeah. I think a deal gets done. It behooves both uh, both parties to get it done. But I will always say when Chris Jones kept talking nonstop about how I want to be a chief for life, that's politics. It's all It's all politics. Of course he wants to be a chief for life but at a certain price. And the chief said, Hey, we'll make you the second highest paid interdienst alignment. Yeah. They'll gladly give him 24.5 million, right? Per year, but they probably won't give him 32 the or 31, whatever it would be. There's politics involved there too. They aren't lying. But there's just so much room here. It's all politics at this point. Eventually, they're going to have to come to some sort of negotiation. I'm looking at probably about 28, 29 million. I don't think Chris Jones wants to get paid 32 million to play for the Texans. I think he wants to stay in KC for 28, somewhere around there. That's what I'm looking at. I think the years is the biggest holdup more than anything else.
0: Yeah, he wants to have his cake and eat it too, right? Like he's winning Super Bowls. This is probably the last big contract for him. He wants to get paid and he wants to stay with with his friends where he's been playing his whole career. I get that. But he wants to get his cake. And um it's 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 a tough situation when I know that Brett Veach is trying to he's trying to make this thing work for the long haul. What about you, Joe? Are you worried about the situation or do you think it gets done?
2: On a scale of one to ten, my panics at about a two. I'm really not concerned at all, honestly. I I think it's just more posturing, like you said, over the final number. And Joe Burrow's injury today is a perfect illustration as to why he's holding out and not in camp yet. And the longer that this goes on, like Brett Veach, Mahomes, everyone knows that we need Chris Jones, and I don't think that Chris Jones is going to want to forfeit the season. So I think eventually he'll play. And until he gets his contract, I don't have any problem with him holding out. I'm not worried yet, and maybe that's my – Naivete as a chiefs fan because we have a home, so I don't really ever have to be worried, but I, I think it gets done sooner than later,
0: yeah, and you know, nobody wants to go to training camp, although he is getting fined I think fifty thousand dollars a day. Now, the chiefs don't have to I think levy that fine if they don't want to, and they'd probably be smart not to uh if he signs, but that's that's on the table, uh, but I don't think they want more bad blood. I think it's difficult. look, here's the thing he's he's a young twenty nine he just turned twenty nine in July. So it's not like he's 29, he turns 30 in mid-September. He's got a whole year of that 29. Aaron Donald was still playing pretty much top tier 30, I think in his 31-year-old season as well. Things can start to slow down, but I think Jones will hold up pretty well. He's been really durable throughout his career. No big injury problems. You don't hear a lot about his back or anything like that that can sometimes get guys I think he's worth the money. And I think the difference, I've seen a lot of fans saying, well, oh, you know, we didn't need Tyreek. We won the Super Bowl. We moved on from, you know, Charvarius Ward and some of those guys. Listen, to those folks, I say Chris Jones is different. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, the only thing that can stop the Chiefs from winning Super Bowls, in my opinion, is their defense. With Patrick Mahomes being upright and Travis Kelsey being upright and Andy Reid on the sideline, they're going to score 30 plus points if they need to. They're going to be able to do it against they did it in the Super Bowl against one of the best defenses. Some people think the best defense in the NFL. They did it. So when they've lost, it's been like, remember when they lost to the Bengals last year? They had that uh, Kelsey had his one fumble of the year. And then like they just couldn't stop the Bengals from getting first down. They just couldn't stop them. Um, 2018, no defense, just couldn't do anything. So that's the the key. And the biggest thing is Chris Jones just wrecks games. He wrecks the interior of that offensive line. He creates pressure up the middle for these guys. It's a huge problem. And he makes everybody else on the defense's job easier. You want to know one of the reasons why the Chiefs have been so successful with their cornerbacks, finding diamonds in the rough? It's because Chris Jones is not leaving a lot of time for guys to throw the ball. It works in a symbiotic way. And I think if you take him, even though there's some potential on that line, I think if you take him out of that line, you have a huge problem. And look, if you pay him 30 million, and you win two more Super Bowls with him over the next four years? like are you going to be that broken up about the fact that like maybe in his last year he's not effective or he gets hurt or something and he's taking a big bite out of the cap like it sucks but you know kick that can down the road a little bit. I don't think this would be like a ruinous contract for the Chiefs and I think they can get two more years at least of elite production out of him before maybe he starts to slow down a little bit and even then he still might turn in seven eight sacks for you. Sterling, what do you think? Am I crazy I'm with
1: you? No, I, I think you're you're right. Um, it, it's just going to be that fourth year. Is he asking for a fifth year? That's what it comes down to. I don't think there's any qualms. If, if the Chiefs and the Chris Jones said, hey, Chiefs said, hey, three-year, 90 million. Chiefs would take that. But I can almost guarantee that's not what's being offered right now. It's that fourth year, that fifth year. That's where the holdup lies. Um, do you want to pay him at age 32? Do you want to pay him at age 33? What's that looking like? Again, I'm with you. Kick the can down the road. You're hoping the contracts and the salary cap explodes. You're hoping you get, uh, you know, a lot from Carl Loftus and a lot from FAU. You got two rookies at elite positions where those guys are getting paid 25 plus million per year. You got two of those guys on rookie contracts. I say you pay Chris Jones, but I also understand Brett Veach. He does not go over whatever his, his number is. He didn't do it with Tyreek Hill. I do think Chris Jones is different, but we have seen time and time again, Brett Veach, he holds true to his word. He holds true to his number.
0: Yeah. I've been saying it weekly though, but I worry about just be careful, Brett. Don't like, you you know, anybody, this can happen to any, I said it last week with Vertorim, this can happen to anybody who has success is a little bit of hubris creeps in and you're like, I've had success. So I'm just going to keep having success. And there's certain, guys I think you don't want to play around with when it comes to their contracts and I think Chris Jones is one of those guys so uh, I trust Brett Veach he's more than earned the benefit of the doubt from a clown like me but like just be careful because you don't want to get into a situation where you're just like it's always going to work it's always going to work and then it doesn't work and then you you sour a relationship and you you get an in-season holdout or something like that so We'll see how it plays out. No reason to panic right now. In fact, let, let that guy rest. But he seems like he's in incredible shape. So mm-hmm. I feel good about his future for the Chiefs. Um, all right. We're going to find out more starting this weekend when the Chiefs put on pads. So make sure you're on arrowheadaddict.com every day this weekend, all day Friday, as, uh, as we start to learn a little bit more about these guys. Real quickly, uh, before we go, TJ Hushman remember that guy? played for our our favorite franchise the Cincinnati Bengals. He was on one of those shows first things last first whatever <laughs> first f- first ramble whatever they call him now. Um and he was talking about that he got asked about the Chiefs when Mahomes had been asked if the Chiefs were going to be a dynasty. And Mahomes said I think we're at the start of one, which I think we all agree with, right? You three Super Bowls and You've won two of them. You win another one, you get that third. And that's kind of what Mahomes said was like, I think they got to come in threes. T.J. Hushman said he doesn't think the Chiefs will beat the Bengals this year and that they won't achieve dynasty status just because the AFC is so loaded with good teams. Now, that is true. The second part of that is true. There's good teams, talent, much more in the NFC. I'll start with you this time, Joe. Do you think he's wrong? Do the Chiefs reach dynasty status here in the next couple of years with Mahomes?
2: Absolutely. I am fully confident, which is part of the reason I'm loading up on on Chiefs futures bets. He was a Bengals guy. I get why he's got to support his team, but I mean, honestly, his argument even works in the in the Chiefs' favor. If all these teams are so good and we go out and do it again, it's pretty impossible not to call it a dynasty. And there's no team better positioned provided we keep Chris Jones, and he plays this year. There's no team better positioned to go out and win the Super Bowl again, especially if, if Burrow's injury winds up being something serious.
0: Yeah, I think the next three years could be incredible mm-hmm. for for the Chiefs, and they've got so much young talent on defense. They've done a lot of really interesting moves. Andy still seems motivated. Travis Kelsey's still at the top of his game. But I do think it's crucial these next couple years while Kelsey's still at the top of his game, while they still have Chris Jones to try to snag a couple more, at least one if they can. Sterling, what about you, man? What do you think of Zada's comments, and will the Chiefs get it done?
1: It doesn't mean much. He's on a talking head show doing what talking heads do. Um, I don't even know if he firmly believes that, but it's probably something that he has to say. He is a Bengals legend. What's he going to say? Oh, yeah, the Chiefs are going to kick the Bengals' ass. Like, no, like, but in the, in the same side, do you ever think I? you would never say it? Cause Will, Will Shields is such a nice dude and so well-spoken. And so, but Will Shields would never be like, oh yeah, the Bengals, the,
2: the,
1: he would never talk bad about them, but he would never talk. He would always say the chiefs above the Bengals. TJ is doing the same thing. He's just back in his former team. Um, It means nothing to me, man. It's played on the field. Not about a guy who was in the NFL a decade ago. I'm he can say what he wants to say doesn't mean it's going to come true.
0: Yeah. I'm, I I agree with you. I think this, look, it's so hard to win a super bowl. It's really hard to go back to back. Y'all shout out to my guy, Lars Jorgensen. Love you, bro. Um, He said, I won't be worried about our wide receiver core. uh, Unless Veach is on the phone uh, with Sean LaChapelle. Does anybody know who that is? I don't know who that is. I don't get this joke. I I don't. Why do you got to do this to me, Larry? Uh, I mean, excuse me, Lars, um,
1: Sean, LeChapelle was a wide receiver who played two years in the NFL. He was drafted in the fifth round by the Rams played for the Rams in 1993, the Scottish claymores in 1996 Whoa. and the chiefs in
0: 1996. Yeah. Chiefs legend, Yeah. Chiefs legend 96. I was around. Lars says this is before my time. I was around, but I don't remember that guy. Um, snoop menace if you'd said snoop menace I'd have, i would have gotten that one um all right i got a couple of reviews by the way if you guys if, if you leave a review a five-star review on our uh, apple podcast page we will read them on the show it's been a minute uh but i wanted to get to this one from uh ryan martin from the 16th i thought it was really nice it says top-notch uh, chiefs news and entertainment i've religiously listened to the aa podcast since i found it a few years ago i especially love listening to it while i run every day after work adam and matt aka the masters of bad puns sometimes i LOL after uh other times i roll my eyes pure comedy either way wacky wednesday is always a treat with richard's off the wall weird recommendations patrick is my favorite host Good choice and has great delivery. I always loved how he and Verter played off each other. Sterling is one of my favorites and I love his Jim Rome like delivery straight to the point attitude. I guess what I'm trying to say is there isn't a weak link between them all and the show is enjoyable every episode. I'm sorry if I left anyone out. I've been a Chiefs fan since Montana went there and I can totally relate to the years of heartbreak before coach Reed and, uh, and, and petty Pat came along. Keep up the great work, fellas. This dynasty is coming. Go chiefs, Ryan incredible review. Appreciate you. Thanks for all the shout outs. If you want to hear your review read on the show, ask us a question, head on over to Apple Podcasts, five-star review and make sure it's written and we'll check it out and we'll read it on the show. All right, guys. So we do a segment here before we leave uh, that I introduced a little while back called Patty's power rankings. Sometimes we rank chief stuff, favorite coaches, running backs, whatever. Sometimes we rank food stuff or other things, seasons, uh, it's a good way to see us out, and we always love to hear who our live what our live listeners would rank. I wanted to start with one, and boy, is it hot right now! So this is a good one. One of my favorite all time things: ice cream. So for Patty's Power Rankings this week, I wanted us all to rank our top three ice cream flavors. I'll start with you, Joe, since you're the guest. Start at number three and work work your way up to to your absolute favorite.
2: So three, I'll. Hmm. Okay, so three. I'm just gonna go a nice a normal strawberry mostly because I only really have two favorites. And, and number two, uh, an all-timer, a strawberry cheesecake flavor with a little bit of that graham crust in there, too. Mm. Delicious. But number one's got to be Snickerdoodle. If you ever just torn into a tub of Snickerdoodle ice cream? It is okay. unbelievable. And, right. and now I might have to go get some today. So this I is good. A while. That's <laughs> a man who knows ball. One. That's oh, a man who knows ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's
0: Really good choices. All right, Sterling. What about you, man? Uh,
1: number three, butterscotch. Butterscotch, so absolutely underrated, dude. Butterscotch is so freaking good. Yeah, it's not just for grandmas to leave those little candies out for forty-seven years. Butterscotch is incredible. Yeah. Uh, number two, Snickerdoodle. Yeah, Snickerdoodle is oh, number two. That, that, that's a lock, pal. Uh, honorable mention was Neapolitan. I can get some get behind some some really good Neapolitan. But number one. The GOAT, the greatest of all time, Key Lime Pie. Key oh, Lime Pie God. ice cream, unreal. Okay, that. Unreal, you're missing out. Get, get oh, you some God. Key Lime Pie ice cream.
0: This is, these, are, these are really interesting. I didn't see it going this way. I'm with you on butterscotch, man. Like super underrated. Go to the Dairy Queen and get the vanilla cone dipped in butterscotch. Oh yeah. The butterscotch dip. You can get the Dilly bars. I think with the butterscotch too, like one of my all time favorite treats in the world is that, is that dairy queen vanilla cone dipped in butterscotch, which I don't always get. Cause I have to, I always have to get a blizzard when I go there. I just, I love the blizzards, but that's a, that's a win every time. Uh, all right. For me, starting at three, um, I'm going to go with chocolate peanut butter. Ooh. Um, Absolutely fantastic! You buy the big carton; it's got the, the the peanut butter chunks in it. Those two were made to go together. Um, next up, I'm going to say I got to go cookie dough.
2: Love cookie dough. Oh yeah, that that's Uh-oh. actually my number three. Good call. <laughs> You're right. I uh, forgot. Yeah, chocolate
0: chip <laughs> cookie dough is absolutely outrageous. Um, and then it's the Derek one. Jeter.
1: It's the Derek Jeter of ice cream. Overrated. Yeah, it's good, what? but it's overrated. Oh come on, man. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, really good. But the you know the metrics don't really like it as much as the uh, the fans do. So,
0: (laughs) and I gotta say, for number one for me, I think just is the perfect marriage of cookies and and ice cream, and that's any Oreo ice cream. So like Oreo vanilla ice cream, just the most perfect ingredient in vanilla ice cream is Oreo cookies. Absolutely incredible. Whether you're getting the whether you're getting it at Dairy Queen or you're at the McDonald's and get the Oreo McFlurry, which is really solid, although they never mix it well enough at the, at the bottom. Um, you get to the bottom, it's just vanilla ice cream, but love me some Oreo. Uh, let us know in the chat what you guys think. Our guy, Tungsten, says cookie dough is the best. Angry, drunken German. Strawberry rhubarb pie is the absolute best in the world. I've never had. Where do I get strawberry rhubarb pie ice cream? My grandma used to make rhubarb pie, not the strawberry, just the rhubarb pie. Wild rhubarb grew out behind her garage. She'd make that every year. I absolutely loved it. Rhubarb is solid. John F. says, uh, Ben and Jerry's fish food, high sugar, but hella good. I mean, it's all high sugar, right? KCDC says, Key Lime. Yes, sir. Um, Jose Luis Gutierrez, Rocky Road. That's that's. That's a, a, I know a big favorite of a lot of people is, is Rocky road. Um, and John F says, we got to mention, uh, Ben and Jerry's cherry Garcia, Jamocha almond fudge is, you know, I've been sleeping on mocha ice cream. Every time I have it, I'm like, why am I not eating this all the time? This is incredible. Yeah.
2: It's like Tons so- in it. that
0: sounds like old lady ice cream. Um, <laughs> Lars's insulin is spiking. Um, I'm surprised by the amount of like strawberry and uh, and and cherry and those types of things. At any rate, we got to get out of here. Sterling's got to go. Man's worked a long shift. Joined well, I got us. three
1: more hours left, boys. I got oh, three, three more, more hours. hours.
0: Back on the air. All right. Um, all right, everybody. We're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you keep it here at ArrowheadAddict.com all weekend for all your Chiefs news and views. Make sure you check out Joe's show tomorrow on the Arrowhead Addict podcast feed. If you're not subscribed on YouTube on all the places you get your podcast, and do that now. And then uh, head over to 810 right now and listen to some more, uh, more, more talk with uh, our guy, Sterling Holmes.
1: Seven to 10, seven to 10 central.
0: Seven to 10 central. Go mm-hmm. grab oh, some ice cream some and food. lock in.
1: Yeah. I got to get some ice cream.
0: <laughs> Man's got to eat. Man's got to eat. All right. Thank you to uh, producer, Richard, for Joe Summers, for Sterling Holmes. My name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you next week. And until then, as always, go Chiefs.